0: You are now listening to the Michael Signorelli Podcast, where we learn leadership, get deleted scenes from the messages that I preach each week at V1 Church New York, and have a little bit of fun along the way. All right, before we jump into this, I'm going to cut to some audio here in a few moments, but before I do, I want to kind of set it up for you. So I live in Ridgewood, Queens, New York City. And I've got a good friend, Ivan, who actually lives in Queens as well. And he's pretty close. So every Thursday, we make the commitment to wake up a little bit earlier, kind of before our whole day and schedule starts. And we meet at this joint called Norma's. Now Norma's is becoming this like, where everybody knows your name, you know, like we walk in and we've got these different friends and we meet people from the neighborhood. So, you know, on Thursday mornings, this is what Ivan and I do. We, We kind of recap Sunday and the message, and we talk about it. We take it a little bit deeper, and then uh, we just kind of flow, like Holy Spirit-led stuff, you know, leadership stuff, whatever, and we have such great conversations that finally I was like, listen, I'm bringing a lav, and we're going to record it in Norma's, and we're just going to, because people are probably going to want to hear this, because it's amazing, and Ivan's awesome. So this is Thursdays at Norma's. I'll say this, if you don't like the cappuccino machines and the glasses clinking and all the the ambient noise, you would absolutely hate the experience because this is not edited. Well, what you're about to listen to, this is exactly what it's like to kind of be at the table with us. So hopefully, hopefully, you learned something. Um, we are specifically talking this week about Surprise Me, the series that we've been in at V1 Church, which has been transformational and uh, what it means to like feel like you have a potential and a future. But it's you know, what do you do in the waiting? What do you? How are you patient in the time before it hits? And then actually, Ivan's. Uh, gonna talk a little bit about like how he um, went from Catholicism into Christianity and what that transition was like and there's just it's it's amazing so um, this is gonna be awesome so I'm gonna cut to it now um, you're gonna get a brief interruption somewhere in the middle from a guy who a business owner Ukrainian business owner who lives in Sheepshead Bay he's a great guy <laughs> just he just randomly showed up he's somebody from the neighborhood as well uh, he's got a business here and um, yeah other than that This is just real people having real conversations. Hopefully, you learn something. And if I don't hear from you on the backside of all this, because I'm just going to let this run out. I think it's like 50 minutes to an hour. So um, if you're feeling extra lonely, this is for you. But make sure to... Um, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you r- you rank this podcast by giving it five stars and leaving a review and talking about how awesome it is. Without further ado, this is me and Ivan Thursdays at Norma's. You are now with us in Ridgewood, Queens, New York City. This it's is a- us documenting the journey. That's so funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Same things that are so close to
0: my life. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> the- fucking good, because I under I get it, because it's difficult in the ca- in in when you come from a traditional place yeah. to to separate it out, or or like when you take yeah. like I was such a serious I don't know why, but the yeah. same way that you were talking about like sitting with your Bible yeah. and like trying to figure things out like I was yeah. such a little serious little kid <laughs> and like I don't know like not little but like maybe like 13, 14, yeah. like yeah. right around that
0: yeah. s- fourth fifth sixth grade i want to see pictures of little ivan by the
1: way oh please (laughs) i refuse to dig those up um but like i remember being like okay how do i figure this out like when i got confirmed in the catholic church like i literally like the the monsignor was like you need to go home you need to think about this like you need to like make sure this is something that you want to do and i took that seriously i really contemplated okay like like there was really no option like my mother wouldn't have taken me my mother wouldn't have um let me not do it but I still made the decision for myself yeah and even and and I remember the, the years of just like cause then I went from going every Sunday out of a sense of obligation yeah to going to college and then going a couple Sundays at my college and then stopping yeah and then doing that whole college lifestyle and then coming back and feeling like um And feeling like, feeling like the heaviness and the weight and the guilt of just not being what I felt like I needed to be in terms of being consistent. Yeah. And, you know, and then my mom being so about rules and so, like, she's changed dramatically since then. But, like, just being about, you know, just trying to be a good Catholic and being about all those rules and, like, you know, literally, like, the first time, this is a funny story. The first time I went to church with Charlene, she, um... She, my, she, she, we were sitting there with my mom, and my mom goes up for a communion in the middle. Even, been, even, been, oh, yeah. So she goes up for a communion in the middle. So I don't go. I never go with my mom. I wouldn't go now. I would go now, but there's some things that have changed. But I, I didn't, back then you didn't go. So Charlene is like, you know. Charlene, you know, you've met Charlene. Oh, yeah. All sold and told, all that stuff. So she gets up and she goes. And she goes, Aren't you coming? Like we're going to a I'm like we're going to a park. And I'm like, no. I, I said, no. I know there's a rule that I'm breaking that is going to prevent me from um that is going to prevent me from receiving this in, yeah. with a pure heart, innocent yeah. spirit, whatever. Cause you know my mom is like Mrs. rules. So yeah. I knew so like I didn't know the rules, yeah. but I knew for sure that I was breaking some of them. So, so Which is the essence of religion. <laughs> yes, which is the essence of religion and, and all that stuff. So my so she goes up, comes back, and my wife, my mom leans over to my wife and whispers in her ear something and my wife goes like ghost wife and she's like a little, you know, she's cute, a little Dominican like, and I'm like, I'm like, whatever my mom just whispered to her is the rule that she's breaking that makes it so that she can't come up here, because it was immediate she didn't even get a chance to grab my mom doesn't take leadership courses doesn't know anything about tact you're gonna get you're gonna Emerge, get the real deal holy feel from my mom. So, so 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 after the service is over and like this is like we're we're dating here. Like now what did Charlene do? Just turn around and walk back? No, no no no. She went no, she did the whole deal. She went up to communion, took communion and walked back to her seat. The whispering happened in her seat after it was all over. So so and we're dating at this point. I'm like Charlene's trying to make a good impression. My mom loves her. Obviously I've met her several times. But like she's still, you know, she's not in, like it's yeah. not like we're engaged or anything like that. So she goes pale white. So, so after the service is over, I go, I go, what did my mom whisper to you? And, and she, she said, she said, she, she said, oh my God. And I said, I said, what, what was it? What was it? It was a rule you were breaking, right? She's like, she's like, yes. She said, your mom whispered to me, she's like, you really can't receive communion if you're having premarital sex. <laughs> I lose it. (laughs) Wow, your mom is an OG, original gangster, old school. She definitely would fall in the Book of Judges. She is like... She's Old Testament Christian. Old Testament Christian. Like, I know what that guilt feels like. And the biggest thing that is the difference with V1 Church is that that guilt... That guilt isn't there Yeah, It's a relationship it It's an understanding yeah. It's a love It's a heart yeah. But The biggest thing that happens When people come from Where they came from yeah. To your church They transfer that guilt From where they came from To the church And If In that young lady's mind If I don't show up Next Sunday Then Mike's gonna be Unhappy with me Three Sundays from now Yeah And you might not even notice Right But it, what you notice And what you don't notice Doesn't matter It's what's going on In the silence of a room heart yeah. that prevents our like like you know on un- Sunday morning 9 a.m. three weeks from now and saying I'm not gonna go because Mike is gonna be pissed. Mike is right. pissed at me. Yeah. Which yeah. is totally untrue. To right. right. But that heart is still there from her past experiences. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that I was trying to speak to is like, look, you, you do what you want. Yeah. We're here to love you and accept you, and we'll take you in any form, like we'll meet you where you're at. Yeah. yeah. So the, all these things that happened to you before, just because you came here one Sunday doesn't cancel those things out. Right, right. So A lot of the advice that she was getting was good for the long term, but for a specific situation there's always stuff that's gonna come up or stuff that's gonna happen
0: that we can't, you know, we have to love people through that. Yeah, man, it's funny because when Julie when Julie was in Ukraine, she just got back from that leadership conference and she's, like, training pastors, right? Now, this right. is a post-communist country, old-school religious, so we're bringing like this, you know, really, I say we're the true old-school because we're taking it back to Jesus. Like, we're the old-school old-school, you know, because yeah. we're saying, let's go back to the book, like, what does the Bible actually say? So, they had a Q and a session and they're grilling Julie, you know, and she's like saying, like, five foot four of them. Like woman, you yeah. know, in in this uh, Ukraine, in Ukraine, like getting blasted with these questions by these pastors who've been in the game for twenty, thirty years, and this guy asked the question: Okay, at V One Church, when you guys do communion, how do you ensure that somebody is not doing that with sin in their life? Mm like how do you ensure that because they're not blah 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 and he's kind of the same sentiment yeah. and Julie said you know the same place of the cross that you need to go to for you the sin of 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 judging that other person and being critical of them is the same place they need to go for their sin as well yeah. so when you guys take communion take it together and knowing that you need you both need the cross right. and it was like that just well she dropped like a straight up bomb in that you know because the, the guy was like yeah you're right like for all have sinned and fallen short so it's just like how do you make a differentiation between the micro and the macro, the big sin and the little sin it's like the the blood of Jesus covers them both and and communion was like as often as you do this do it in remembrance of me which you know we just ate a cheddar biscuit and some bacon and like I think think the real essence of that was like you're going to eat multiple times a day every time you consume something think about partaking in my, my flesh and my Right. I mean, it's deeper than that. Yeah. I mean,
1: like as you were saying that, I was just thinking about like, like Jesus didn't clear the room before he gave them the before he talked to them and gave them their the, the bread for the first time and the wine for the first time. He didn't say, Okay, Peter, you're gonna deny me, so you get out of here. Yeah. You're gonna you did this right before we got here, you leave. Like where do you draw a line? Exactly. Jesus 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 wasn't a line drawer, he was a line, he destroyed all those lines. Come on. He said, Hey look, I know everything that you guys are about to do. I know that you guys aren't ready for this. You are weak, you're this, you're yeah. that. I'm gonna you're in anyway.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the thing too. It's like Jesus knew ahead of time that Judas was gonna betray him and yes, still recruited him to his team. 100%. And that, to me, is the essence of what we're trying to do at B1, mm-hmm. and people, that, that is just, like, so juxtaposed mm-hmm. to people's religious like affiliations, yeah. when they're like, wait a second, we're all about, like, exclusivity and drawing the lines, mm-hmm. and then we're like breaking them, which, you know, I, you've been so integral on, like, Sundays at, at the passport immediately after service to speak to some of these things, because um, it is the very first time they're hearing that. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and it's, it's, you
1: know, it's things that I Needed to hear yeah as you know I grew in confidence and, and God spoke those things into me because because of reading the actually reading the book and getting around guys like you and understanding that that hey like this this narrow view it doesn't it doesn't do what Jesus was trying to accomplish. Yeah. And We've created, we, at points, we, you feel like, alright, I need to show up to this place clean. But how do you get clean when nobody's ever shown you a shower? <laughs> exactly. Like, how are you supposed to figure this stuff out on your own? How are you supposed to do, like, you know, how are you, like, the disciples couldn't do what they did without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and so much of it, and this, is, this has been my biggest thing and one of my biggest revelations, that so much of it is God. Yeah, because if you read Paul, Paul is like, all right, so God made you. He sent this son two thousand years ago. But even Paul says that if you believe in God, that that is a gift from God. Yeah. So God gave you the thing that you needed to save yourself to, yes. to realize that you were saved. Yeah. So if He's ninety nine percent of it, and we're only one percent of it. Who am yeah. I to judge somebody else that's walking on that journey? Exactly. I didn't do any of this. Like exactly. you, talked you talked about in your sermon how all of it is God's story. Yeah. Like this yeah. is God's story. That's God's book. Like. God is a hero of this book Yeah, he's the one he's the one thing that's the same throughout the whole thing yeah. you can't say oh Moses is a hero you know Jesus is God so Jesus is the hero but it's like okay God's the hero the whole time David David Joseph Moses yeah. Peter Paul all these people are all the one thing that they have in common is that is God Yeah, is that they yeah. let God speak into their life yeah. they let God lead their story they let God lead their journey mm-hmm. and and they were flawed. Yeah. They were messed up. They just kept going. They just kept showing
0: up. Well, I think when like Jesus washed the disciples' feet, that was like the picture that we have of you don't clean yourself up, then come to Jesus. Yeah. You come to Jesus, and then He cleans you oh, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and even the feet being representative of like the dirtiest place of the of their in their particular time, because oh, yeah. you were walking around accumulating filth from everywhere you walked, right. and Him saying like the accumulation of all the dirty places you've been. Mm-hmm. That's where. I want to go down in in the ultimate sign of humility and wash you from that. And I think about like... To me, that's I want V One to be a place in, like where, whether it's me or any other leader, we're we're serving with towels and not clipboards. Hundred percent. You know, we said that before. I know Clay Sprogan says that, yeah. but it's like we're here to wash your feet. You came to church to be cleaned, yes. not get yourself cleaned and come to yes. church. And I think that that's that religious thing is what we're bucking up against. And people are getting free. Yeah. You know, like well, you feel it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you feel well, it. Man. Imagine, you know, it's difficult to invite somebody to something that you feel bogged down by. Yeah, it's difficult right. to 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 bring somebody through something that you feel hurt by, or, or something that you feel mm-hmm. guilty by go, for going to. Wow. Like we, in New York, we have so many responsibilities and so many things that we do that we don't want to. Go. Yeah, like riding the train or taking <laughs> the bus, <laughs> but, but, or going to work and having to see our boss and that feeling. Like I don't want that feeling when I walk into church. Wow. Like I don't want to feel like. My pastor is gonna say something that I didn't do this last week. Yes, yeah. yes, we have responsibility. Yes, we have accountability. But, but I want a relationship. Yeah. The church is, you know, you're, the church is is really like it's a volunteer army. Yeah. You are volun, you know, you volunteer to come there I every mean, week and be a part of something. It's, it's like you said. It's, it's we should be a place where people can come and feel like they're being that they're, they're being clean. Because Clean people, clean people. Come on, man. So, uh, so we dropping someone Wisdom, oh I like I, I love true, stuff though. like that, yeah. yeah. I love stuff like that, but it's it's the truth. Like we, we are there to you know, you can't get clean on your own. Yeah. So many so many of the things that you talk about with relationship is like sometimes the, the, the breakthrough that you need is is locked up in somebody else. And if you try to do everything by yourself you can't because so many like seeing somebody go through breakthrough silently gives you permission to go through a breakthrough. Yes.
0: That's it. Well, and two, like I was saying, welcome home every week. Oh, yeah. It's like people have such a shattered view of what home is mm-hmm. because of where they came from. And I, to me, I, every Sunday after service is over and I'm flipping through Facebook and I see people checking in and saying, it feels so good to be home. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is a movie theater. Like, right, it wasn't right. a home, right. but we made it a home. Right. And I think that, like, it's in that environment where, like, where there's a true father, there's no failure. Mm-hmm. There's just lessons. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like, people are like, man, that would have been a failure but I have a true home and a true father so now there's no failure And I'm, it was just a lesson I learned and I'm not dead I'm not done so let's let like, go yeah and it's like I, I've been talking to people from V1 who've said like I would have never ever checked into a church on Facebook because it's like embarrassing and, and dorky yeah except for now it's such a place of home for me that I'm like excited to tell everyone else and I'm like you can't and that's what I love about New York is like um, you can't market here uh, and in the church realm like there's no amount of marketing that people will say yeah I think uh, I'm going to make a decision oh, yeah. like it's got to be an authentic home that other people are like extending an invitation like dude you've never felt love like this it's supernatural what's happening in our midst is clearly God because we're a bunch of misfits perfectly oh, yeah. fit fitting mm-hmm. together and like it's in that environment that we've started to grow recently because I think people are just like you got to come and see it yeah. you know and, and I and if
1: you really think about it to kind of run with that that like, the week is like where you fail where you try the stuff that you talk about like you talked about waiting in your last sermon and the week is you know during the week the other six days is where you wait at any time in life you know for anybody who's had a good home to go back to it's okay, I failed at this. I'm gonna go home. This doesn't feel good. I don't go, I'm gonna go home. You know, even when you're, when you're a little kid and you're like, you, you, something goes wrong on the soccer field. Like, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Wow. Like, that's where we go. V1 Church, what God is doing at V1 is He's making it a place for you to go to be broken, to be under, dis- under construction, to go and get refueled or, or, like you said, reaffirm your identity. Hey, look, I know that you suck this week, but this is not who you are. This is who you really are. you You are a child of God. You are a son or a daughter. I do care about you. I, my thoughts have been about you all week and 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 you can go to be one. you can go to a place every week and really feel like you're going home. You're going to get rebuilt, restructured, and, you know, and like like any good parent does, V One kicks you back out and says, "Hey, go fight another battle,
0: and we'll talk again next week." It's so you're gonna make me cry up in normal here in Queens, man. Like, the anointing coming out of you. You know what though? It's like funny because as a husband, I I I, I see the correlation. I used to be very critical of Julie. Um, I used to be very. I was that one of those like hardcore success-driven guys who like always looked at Julie as. Um, I see the potential but you're not living up to it and I'm telling you as soon as I change the environment of the Signorelli home into one of affirmation and like creating a safe space to Mm -hmm. be like you know what this is who you really are and I see it not in a condemning way but in an encouraging way Mm -hmm. and started making my it's like literally like an extent like I've learned as a pastor you can never divorce your home home from your church home Mm -hmm. because literally they are the same environment Mm -hmm. and you, you no matter how hard you try to hide it, oh, yeah. it eventually will the reality oh, break yeah. the greater reality breaks through and mm. like so once I started saying, you know what? I mean like like we talked about this before, like Julie after her second or third pregnancy gained like ninety pounds. Mm. That's a different woman. Right. You know yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. she was twice the woman I married but not and like but physically and like I remember I just getting so hypercritical of her and no, breaking man, her down and not, not realizing like she had been through a miscarriage, she had been through all this emotional stuff and like had nothing about, nothing to do, the physical was a manifestation of the emotional. And it was like when I treated the surface level, like we need to change our diet, we need to do this, um, that all that did was make it worse. Then she would just go hide in a parking lot and eat McDonald's. Yes. Then when I started treating the deeper level and say, man, babe, you're still heartbroken because you went through it. Did you feel like I wasn't there for you as a husband? And like, I'm here for you now, whatever. Guess what? And then the physical changed. Oh, and Julie dropped all and started doing triathlons and mini marathons and all this stuff. Yeah. And and it was like, I feel like now, like V1, that's the difference between religion and relationship. 100%. Religion yeah. treats the surface. Mm. Religion's like, you need to stop having premarital sex. Relationship is. I want you to prove to her that it's about more than the physical. Right. Because you're going to be together forever. Right. It's like there's just a different dimension, and it's not about rules. It's about um, the religion or the relationship and the protection dimension. And when I started speaking into Julie's existence and her identity and creating a safe place in her home, I'm not getting that spilled into the church. Oh man. And it was like, because you really never lead people differently than how you lead your home. And that's what the journey I've been on. Yes. And I like I feel like I was the worst. <laughs> well it's so funny to listen to you talk about that because it,
1: it you know it's it's so heartbreaking to hear it after it's done. But like you thought, just like so many other people, you thought you were doing the right thing. Yeah. And and Learning on the other side of that and allowing, you know, allow like God working through you in that time to say, okay, like, but now you have that comparison. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you have the comparison of being somebody who condemns and seeing the results of condemning. Yeah. And then being somebody who affirms and loves and seeing the results of that. I think, you know, if God's the ultimate leader, the ultimate teacher, he, he knows the results. Yeah. If you look at so many parts of the Bible, Proverbs, Psalms, they um you know, the difference between Peter and Judas. They give you a view of two ways of doing things: the the way of condemning somebody versus the way of loving and affirming them, and the the the, the way that God does things versus the way that Satan or the devil right. or man would try to do things, yeah. and and the results that come from those things. And it's just, it's crazy. To just to and and then you have to walk those things out in your life yeah. because yeah. I'm sure parts of you still want to go back to being you know condemning of certain things or certain yeah. people or of your wife and yeah. saying nope I've seen the fruit of that yeah. that doesn't work it feel it might feel good in a moment but long term it doesn't feel good at all yeah and to say and it's the same thing with the church you could you can condemn people into a habit for a short period of time but long term that's it it, man. it doesn't bring any it doesn't bring relationship it breaks relationship yes
0: I'm man gosh you're throwing down some wisdom today. Um, Man. You know what? It's true because, you know, a lot of times like when people make corrections, yeah. they, they, it's like making a withdrawal from a bank account you've never deposited. Mm. So you bounce it. Yes. And how you know you bounce the, the bank yeah. account of somebody's emotional life or their spiritual life is they don't receive it. Right. Because they they literally reject it just like the bank rejects the transaction. Right. Because it's like, I'm looking at the funds. There's insufficient funds. This mm. is not getting approved. Right, right, right. It's like if your correction in someone's life is continually not being approved, you have not deposited into their their account and you're, you're it's an insufficient fund right. emotionally right. and it's crazy because I found myself being able to say things to Julie that I almost said verbatim years ago but I've made such significant downloads into her being and like loved her and affirmed her that she's like yeah man I needed to hear that thank you so much and the 20 something idiot Mike Signorelli would have probably been like why'd she take it this time she right, right. and it's like well because you changed right? and right. you've made such a significant download into her soul, mm-hmm. that you're, you go like make a little $20 withdrawal from a correction you want to make, and there's thousands of dollars in the bank, you ain't getting a, a cancel, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a canceled transaction, right. you know? So it's like, I feel like it's just, there's the reason why religion is, is losing right now in America mm-hmm. is because we've made no significant download in people's lives. Right. We haven't done It's like we're, and, and society's already orphaned and fatherless, mm-hmm. and you're asking someone, call me a father, but you come to me 100% of the time. I'm never coming to you it's like uh, that's not our definition of a father and it's almost like we have to tip the scales and say I'm just going to love you unconditionally one-sided and make such a significant download into your life and not expect anything back and then break that orphan spirit and then have the permission to speak into your life Right. right you know yeah
1: because you have to do that that's yeah. the only way that it works. Everybody that you love and you care about, everything that you put in your heart and soul—you didn't start that way, right? You built your way. You built your way into that. And so many people feel like, oh well, if I go to church or if I get to know God, I have to be a hundred percent in from the beginning. And that's not the way that God. That's not the way that God works. So much of it, especially you know, for me, was getting to know who God was, yeah, and getting to know what you know, getting to know what He cared about, and getting to know Him. And a lot of a lot of that kind of took away the condemnation. It took away the hurt. It took away the guilt because I saw, well, God works through all these screwed up people. God God cares about like you know meeting pastors. You know meeting people like you who, who will. I feel like a lot of times we we portray everything like it's la la Lalle. Like everything was easy and and I've always been this way and I don't struggle and I don't this and I don't <laughs> that. But to listen to to, to your sermons and, and to. to to read the Bible and see how flawed these men were. It just, it it, it shows you that God is, is, that Jesus could sit with sinners and tax collectors and lepers and all these people and, and really see who they were. And he would deposit into them something, and then the result of that deposit was the the fruit that you got. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even in the moments where Jesus corrected, it was like, hey, I'm going to give my entire life for you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's such a significant deposit of like, I'm giving, so therefore I can correct you hard, but I'm actually loving you harder. Mm. Like, I'm giving you everything I've got. Like, there is nothing left. And I think that, like, for us, that's what I want us to be it's like you know um, you know it's not like people say all the time but they don't care what you know until they know that you care right and I think for me what I expected was to come out to New York, launch a church, and just people looking for a good church, we'd fill the place up. Mm-hmm. And then what I realized was like, no, I have to actually go, the, I, it's like, it's a disciple making movement that births like a, a like a church multiplication movement. Mm-hmm. And I had to like spend, I had to go slow to go fast. Yeah. Like one relationship at a time, one conversation at a time, one breakthrough at a time. And it's funny because it's like when I look at Jesus now, I see it differently mm-hmm. and it's like he, he was doing that he had the large inspirational gatherings miracle signs but then also it was like hey I'm going to your house for dinner yes and yeah. we're going to talk mm-hmm. and people looking like what you yeah. know How's that a good usage of his time? Jesus, like, I'm modeling something, you know? And it's it's been, like, a really good learning for me, yeah. especially. And I could just see, like, as we have went on this journey, like, with V1, like, how people are figuring this out. Mm-hmm. And they're getting it. And, like, people who... You know, every single week we say no perfect people allowed. Yeah, and literally, I have people tell me that was when I made the decision that like this is my church. Yeah, because I'm obviously not perfect, and I can that I can get down for that. Right, you know, and I've always felt like I couldn't show up places because people were scrutinizing me, mm. and we even have a level of freedom that is getting borderline scary. You know, like, Mm. we have our little secret group on Facebook of, like, everyone who becomes an owner, and I had posted up in there about, you know, breaking (laughs) form addiction, and had multiple comments on that of people just outing themselves in a hundred plus person group saying, Mm. um, I struggle with that, and I want to get free, and I was just like, wow. Like, we've created such a safe space where people are coming out with, like, stuff that you would usually do in a closed, like, group setting, but it's just, they feel like, I'm. I'm not gonna stay in it. Right. I know I'm on the road to freedom, right. but in the first step's honesty. Yeah.
1: And you can't.
0: Man, that's special. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. There's so few.
1: There's so few places like that. Yeah. There's so yeah. few places where you can be your real, authentic self. And, and I feel like. I feel like Jesus was like that. Like. Yeah. He was a place where you. And he's still like that. He's a place where you can go and you can just be yourself. Yeah. and you know, and you can know what church is, and what, what, what V One Church is to me. It's a place where you can you can know how screwed up you are, and you still come and say, okay, well, I'm. It's okay that I'm like this, and it's okay that I'm working through these things, and it's and I'm gonna be loved in the process of it, yeah. not condemned for what I'm not yet. Yes, yes, and that's and that's the environment that that V One is, a, the environment that Jesus. Created was an environment of okay. Well, Peter, you're you're gonna you're gonna probably screw up more towards the end of, of my journey, my three year journey, than you did for the the previous three years. And G, and and Peter Peter has a bunch of times like you don't hear about many people, but you hear about how many times Peter screwed up. <laughs> and and like but God was like, hey, look, you're gonna be the like God spoke into him long before any of that happened, and said, hey, you're gonna be the rock that I built my church on. And even though. Like you talked about Joseph and Joseph getting a dream in the beginning and having to go back to that dream. Yeah. And I and I guarantee you Peter did that many times. Like, hey, look, I like G- Jesus said I was going to be the rock. He said I was going to be the rock. He said I was going to be the rock. So even though I feel like a marshmallow, one day I'll be a rock. And he still know he knows that that's going to happen. And I guess that's the trust that you have, you know, to 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 be able to, you know, Peter fell asleep in jail and do all these things because you're sure in that place. And that's what V-O, that's what V1 Church does. Sunday after Sunday yeah. is they give people the ability okay you are this yeah. it doesn't feel like you're this it doesn't feel right. like you're that and and a lot of that is like you were talking about waiting in your sermon like the patience that it takes yeah and it patience awesome. with yourself really yeah because God is the same yesterday today and forever yeah. it's us that constantly changes it's us that constantly <laughs> questions ourselves yeah and it's us that, that wants to throw in the towel so can you talk? You talked about waiting. Can you talk a
0: little bit about like that patience? Oh like man, I want to preach on that this Sunday. Oh, so you okay. don't even know. Oh, I'm man. gonna I'm gonna drop it though. We'll, yeah. okay. we'll do deleted scenes right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm gonna talk about on Sunday is like, we want a floodlight, but instead we get a foot lamp. Wow. So like what happens, like we talk, like scripture is a, is a lamp unto my feet. Mm. So it's just this, this candle wick that gives you one step at a time. And that's, that light that, that of the word that's a light unto my footsteps is a light that gives you just a couple steps ahead. But what we want is a floodlight. Wow. And we want God to shine that floodlight all the way yeah. through. And the reason I'm gonna be talking about like Acts chapter 17 and the reason why we get a lamp, a, a, a lamp light, you know, for our foot light, then a flood lamp is because it keeps our relationship with God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because what God's saying is, I'm not going to show you the whole thing. And the reason why I'm going to do that is to keep you close to me. Mm. See, like if God just dropped the map and dropped the instructions, then we would be orphaned again. Because he'd say, okay, here's your whole life, just we do all this to a T. And then he would peace out. But instead, it's the complete opposite. He's actually saying, I'm only going to give you a couple steps ahead so you can't get too far away from me. I'm going to keep you close to me. So the patience is more about relationship. Mm. Because what he's saying is... I'm going to keep it so that you can't get too far away from me and still accomplish your destiny. And I think that um, in my life, it's like we want the certainty. And that's why this whole series, Surprise Me, has been, God is impossible to surprise in the sense that he already knows. Mm -hmm. It's us. Surprise me. And we're basically giving God permission to surprise us and say, you're in control. You know the future. I don't know it. Mm -hmm. So, God, I'm giving you permission to surprise me. Oh, that's gonna be the big like epic close yep. on this. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, when you think about okay. it, I mean, we
1: need God. Yeah. There's a giant God-sized hole Absolutely, in our life. Yeah. And if God will never put us in a situation where we don't need Him. Yeah. So God. most of the lessons that we learn <laughs> in our life are, is is hey I need we
0: no. hey good what's morning we're podcasting you want to get in on this what's that we're podcasting right now you want to get in on this um even to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but, uh, I'm, I'm a, a little disappointed this week. What's going on? With my kicks? Yeah. I mean, I got to be comfortable. i
1: But these are not too bad. No, you know, okay, right. Right. I, I, like the, I like the blue joints. You got to come like to my the house. Way. I got yeah. them all stacked. Oh, up I know right. you live here in, in Ridgewood. You- at night. <laughs> <laughs> you live in Ridgewood?
0: You're here in Ridgewood? No. I'm from Oh, nice. She said oh, she said Bay. So you are a true Ukrainian. I am. Oh, come on, man. My wife just got back from Ukraine. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we are talking about it on the podcast. You want to tell everyone who you are for uh, Yeah, sure. My name is Mike. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, and uh, if you need any nice places to come eat out there, come visit me.
1: <laughs> What's the name of the store? Uh,
0: Nature's Way Pharmacy. We have a lot of organic, natural stuff. You guys can come out there, get the best service, and come meet us. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm Myrtle. And, uh, <laughs> I'm Myrtle in, in Ridgewood. Absolutely. See, he's doing it. He's got these uh, oh, nice kids. <laughs> <guys. laughs> <laughs> like the these guys are sneakers, oh, sneaker, yeah, sneaker guys so from Brooklyn, nice. man. What are those like throwback Jordans? Yep. <laughs> I think they're fives. They're fives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these I cannot find. I think you're a comfortable shoe. Oh, nice. You know, my toe comes out. Oh, okay. But since this is like kind of like stretchy, yeah, it's yeah, the most comfortable shoe. You need to help me out, man. Oh, for sure. You're <laughs> <From laughs> shopping me. for you guys you, listening. I have I'll these white. Stuff. I have these Mr. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Mine are called the Air Rogers. The Air Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Air Rogers two. The Air three. Rogers two I've got yeah. on right now. That's amazing. Oh man. Well, it was a pleasure. To, to see you. Guys. See you it's always yeah. good, to yeah, you guys. Yeah, good to see you guys.
1: Absolutely, definitely.
0: good to see <laughs> you. We'll we'll leave the little shout out in there, and then I'll give you the podcast link when it drops, so you can, you know. <laughs> awesome, man. We're here in enormous, um, enormous, yeah, enormous, in, in Ridgewood, Queens. How are we doing happens? on time? What is this? I guess for? it is like um i guess it is i gotta move the car soon yeah, i think this too. is gonna be a good idea this podcast well yeah it's gonna be it's
1: it's fun but like what was uh, what we saying that god isn't god will never put you in a place where you don't need him because then you'd be god that's it in that scenario, and right. and what what the journey of your life is is really figuring out that you need God, that you can't be God in your life because the more control you try to take over your life, the more out of control you end up being. That's it. it we weren't built for that responsibility, right. you know? and and God is what God is doing, whether we are aware of it or not. Because I can go back to my to parts of my story where I didn't. Where I wasn't following God's plan, yeah. but He was working in my life to say, "Hey, you are you, you. This you need me, and you need what it is that you need this relationship. Yes, yes. In order for you to be able to do the things that you want to do in your life, yeah. And yeah. learning what, and it's learning what to do when you break. Hey,
0: we're podcasting. He's throwing some wisdom bombs now.
1: I never said it was perfect. <laughs> I, was I am a Taurus oh I never said I was perfect no we are your yeah, <laughs> mouth is not filthy <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. Hey, so, so much of that journey is learning how to have a relationship with God and choosing yeah. to get off of our throne and putting God on That's that it, throne. Man.
0: And you know, a part of it, and this is what I think, this is what I've learned, mm. is that the reason why we get a foot lamp and not a floodlight is because God's story is actually better than the one we would write. Right. So, if we were given control, mm. it'd be all right. Yes. But He's right writing an epic journey well, he's yes. writing an epic story and that's something that like i'm starting to see like I, I just it is and that's the surprise me element is it is actually better than i can think or imagine because his ways are higher than my ways mm-hmm. his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and that's that faith journey it's Amen. like you know we, we always want to do it without faith mm-hmm. and there's a staircase in the sky and right. God's like start taking steps you don't see the next one but you're not supposed to no you know you just keep keep moving right and and I mean, we wouldn't understand it if we saw it no no. It, uh, no
1: two things so you talked about Joseph last week yeah and Joseph probably like Joseph said hey look I saw you know you know I saw people bowing down to me yeah and God showed him that part but the journey if God would have said yeah but you're going to go to jail you're going to do this you're going to do that you're going to get sold into slavery like imagine somebody telling a 12 year old I don't know how old he was but a 16 year old boy you're going to go from the comfort of your own home and be sold into slavery right. be like no God like, I don't want to do that like, right. Right. that's not something like if he showed you every part of it you wouldn't walk the journey you wouldn't that's it. you wouldn't that's it. You, would, you would do everything that you could to try to avoid it you're right. <laughs> and even Paul, you're talking about Acts 17 this week, even Paul. Paul wanted to live an epic life, he was so on fire. He thought he was on fire for God. And what it was, and what God did was, he said, like you said, he said, you think this is epic? You're right. Here's what I really have planned for Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shine a light down on you and I'm going to blind you for a few days so that you understand that that what you want to do, you are so stubborn. Yeah. I'm going to help you understand that what you want to do isn't the way that you're supposed to go. Because he thought his epic journey was was fighting Jesus and taking Jesus down. And he's like, Nope, you're gonna, we're gonna go the other way, right? And your epic journey, you're gonna do you're gonna do everything building this, yeah. And you're gonna take that stubbornness that you were
0: gonna go all over the world and destroy my kingdom with, <laughs> and you're gonna build it. That's it, man. And you know what, too, while you mm-hmm. were talking, I was thinking, like, God's got this curriculum for us, like mm-hmm. a divine curriculum, and if yeah. He showed us everything all at once, philosophically, yeah. we would learn it the wrong way, right? Because we would be looking with our own expectation, we'd be looking with our own understanding, right. but instead, it's like He's got to obscure some of it so that as it's going and you learn it the right way and you receive it the right way and it's just like trusting in that yes i mean yesterday i guess we can close this out we're at like 37 i don't know how it doesn't matter there's a lot of it that's gonna get no man i'm leaving it (laughs) we're giving them the raw unadulterated oh my god but you know like yesterday i was up late last night and uh just felt like something was kind of gnawing at me and i didn't know what it was but um, long story short, like, it, it suddenly dawned on me. So I had, didn't have a relationship with my dad. He went to jail for murder, and then he got out. And it was like, there was just, like, this distance. It was kind of just this, it was just, I moved on, he moved on kind of thing. And then so finally, like, when I was 17 years old, now, granted, in northwest Indiana, Chicagoland areas, like, multiples of thousands, millions of people. So when I was 17 years old, I, I ran into my dad, like, and, and which... I guess up until last night always just seemed like a statistical probability, like that made sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like up until last night, I was like, yeah, that was the last time I ever saw my dad. I was 17 years old, and I remember seeing his legs like trembling a little bit and thinking like, oh, he's nervous to see me. And I hugged him, and I actually asked him, like after talking to him briefly, can I hug you before I go? And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, you can. So I remember hugging him, and then I, I walked out and I left. And that was the last time I ever saw my dad, ever. And then I talked to him on the phone one more time when I was in my early 20s before I got uh, married to Julie. And then I remember thinking, like, man, he didn't seem like he was in his right mind. Well, like, now, I now knew, knew that... That time I saw him at 17, he was in the earliest stages of a, gen- uh, a degenerative brain disease. Mm. So he was shaking. He was actually trembling because of the Huntington's disease, not out of nerves per se. Right. And I always perceived that memory. I remembered it wrong right. or, uh, with a different perspective. And I'm telling you, this revelation like was so profound to me last night. And it's the, the difference between a floodlight and a, and a foot lamp was... It was like the Lord was, I felt, and maybe this is wrong, I don't know, somebody can disagree with this theologically, but I felt like the Lord was. was told me, because of the choices that your dad made, and and, and his will, because God gives us our own will, and because of the disease and everything he had, in my mercy, and my grace, I preserved your memory of him, and I allowed you, in my grace, for you to see him before the advanced stages of it, and allowed you, your last memory mm-hmm. was hugging your dad, right. and now I'm your dad now. Right, right. And I felt wow. like, like I never understood that, like, out of all the millions of people in Chicagoland. I shouldn't have ran into my dad one more time. Right. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? To like, randomly bump to into To randomly him? bump into my dad. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But it was like in God's serendipitous story, the one he was writing for my life, he was like, In my mercy, I'm gonna allow you to see him one last time and I'm and I'm even gonna protect that memory. Right. And I know that other people have horrible, tragic memories or whatever, but I feel like in my story there was this grace where God was like, I'm gonna let you see him one last time right. and you're gonna get to hug him and then I'm going to allow you to have one more conversation where you're not going to see the physical effects of the disease, but you're going to be able to hear his voice and have one last semblance of a conversation, and then it's over. Right. And I felt like there was a grace in that. And last night, I just sat up in my bed and I was like just overwhelmed with this gratitude from mm. God, where I was just like, God, you were right in my story. And like, you, there was even an intentionality to it. Mm. And I feel like we always feel like the victims of circumstance. But I think that if God can actually show us, my grace was actually all over it. Mm. Like you, you thought it was bad; it could have been worse. Oh yeah. And like, and and that, and that's such a place, a posture of worship, because mm. we have this attitude towards God of like, you screwed me, or you let this happen, and God's like, what else did I protect you from? Right. Like, I didn't do it. Right. You know, humans have their own wills and they can make, but my great, it's like when we can kind of see the extent of his grace, like, Peter, you still are going to die on a cross upside down. Right. But you're going to spend all of eternity with me Amen. in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and God has a way of like changing the story. And I think that, like, for me, sometimes he gives you the foot lamp forward right. and the flood lamp, the floodlight backward. Yes. That's yes. grace.
1: Yes. And it's learning like the biggest thing is learning how to see God looking backwards. That's it. One of the biggest things I ever come on. One of the the the, the biggest things I ever read was Moses. Moses had a staff, and and when you read the book or when you see him in pictures, you think like the staff was like a walking stick. But I read um, that. On the staff, they had Moses would have had notches, mm-hmm. and the notches were to show you how many times God has come through to you, for you in the past, mm-hmm. and to, to and when you came up against something new, he mm-hmm. would look at the notches and say, "Hey, God's been there for me before; he's going to be there in the future." And that's one of the things, the one of the biggest things that. I learned is that to see God in my story looking backwards mm-hmm. because when when you come up against a new adversity there's a lot of victory that comes yeah. that, that that you've already been through yeah. there's a lot of victory that like you always pull from like your marriage and yeah and you know you know wanting to quit ministry and all these things but those are things that are gonna be th- those are things come that are on. gonna be lights Those are things that are going to be flood lamps, saying, "Hey, you've you've been discouraged before. You couldn't see the future before, and look where you are now."
0: Yes. No, I'm saying you're getting me stirred up by no. my preachers. <laughs> like, well, I'm just going to flip this table. Do, please do. I mean, um, you probably got a ghost. No, no, no. I don't have to go anywhere. Well, David, mm-hmm. this, you just triggered something. Yeah. David, when he stood before Goliath, mm-hmm. he he had the floodlight mm-hmm. backwards. Yes. And he said, oh, I see it clearly now. Mm-hmm. God delivered me out of the paw, of the lion, mm-hmm. and the bear. Mm-hmm. So surely he's going to deliver this uncircumcised Philistine to me. Oh, yes. So it was like the floodlight, mm-hmm. the floodlight into the past right. became the, the foresight into mm-hmm. the future right. and he said you know what I've already won before mm-hmm. yep. so God because here's the thing I heard somebody say this and I love it God was always the hero of David's story because mm-hmm. you don't kill a lion and a bear mm-hmm. that's not a natural ability right. and it, well, a lot of times we look at like David's story and we're like man David was such a BA mm-hmm. you know I won't right. tell you what BA stands <laughs> for but you know but the reality was you don't have nobody can you you, you don't have nobody has right. the ability to choke out a lion right. bear to slay them with a sling like that's not right. a natural ability right it was God's anointing on him, a supernatural ability. Mm-hmm. So it was like something was triggering in him when he said, wait a second, mm-hmm. the floodlight was just illuminating the past. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I see God all up in my story. Right. And he already, I already, I already been through some right. bad things like this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like the, the floodlight of the past becomes the faith of the future. Mm-hmm. And that's like what God's really been showing me. Like God, you know, people don't know this, but like I started a Bible club when I was in, uh, when I was my I was only in high school for 2 years cuz I dropped out oh in 10th gosh. grade then I got my GED and then my SATs then went to college whatever side of an unorthodox story but my freshman year of high school i started a bible club and we went from six people in a broom closet because they gave us this like small little closet area to 30 kids in a classroom Mm -hmm. to 60 to 70 kids in a small auditorium to over 100 in a large auditorium for a weekly bible club Mm. and we have like people bringing in instruments and we're doing full-blown services in high school and it's almost like the Lord's been taking me back and being like, oh yeah, like what's happening with V1 Church? Like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. Like you were rocking out a full auditorium in a high school before you were in 10th grade. Yeah. Like God's going to do it again and I think that we've got to learn how to like drop from the strength of the past. Like doesn't mean that evil didn't happen but it didn't kill you.
1: Right. 100%. I mean, to go back to that David example I always like, I always take it like one step further mm-hmm. and like imagine David the day after he killed the lion or the day after he killed the bear and like hanging out with the other shepherds like either at the sheep gate or at the well and saying and and going David going up to another shepherd and saying hey how was your you know how was your day like how was yesterday and them going oh you know pretty normal day one of the sheep like his they got caught in a bush or something I had to pull them out that was my excitement for the day you know and then they're like what about you It's like man I had to kill a lion yesterday yeah what you had to do what? <laughs> and and him and and probably him walking away discouraged and saying, "Hey, like, why do I have to go through these things? Wow. Like, why is it that that I, like, why am I fighting lions? Why am I fighting bears? Like, why is this stuff going on with me?" And I feel like we question that. So yeah. We question it so much, so many times. But then yeah. when he's facing alive and it, and it and you know his moment came, quote unquote. Yeah that he got the same feeling that he got right before yeah. he faced the bear and he realized holy crap like this is why yeah. this is why those things happened it was preparing me for this <laughs> yeah, moment right. and so much of our yeah, life I is is, pre- is God preparing us for something that's it and what we tra- what we can either go through the journey that's why God doesn't show us everything yeah. it's we have to go through that journey yeah in order, yeah. like you said like hey why am I doing a bible study in a broom closet <laughs> like, I can <could, laughs> right. go party I can go drink I can go you know, and some in a lot of these experiences, like you always talk about, they're things that we barely even remember, yeah. Except for when our moment comes, we go, okay, why did I go through yeah. all this? Why did I, you know, go through leadership that just wasn't right, or or have people take advantage of me, have yeah. things happen that didn't go the, the right way? It's God, it, it's God literally doing his, story, his mm-hmm. story through you, yeah, yeah. And another thing that, that you that you said that was good was just the gratitude part of it yeah because sometimes you stare at things and you go well why why did people in the bible have to go through so much yeah. hardship why they have to why they have to wait so long why they have to be patient why yeah. couldn't god show them yeah. you know the, the road but if god would have given it to them to to them immediately they wouldn't have been grateful for it right they right. wouldn't have the years you know the thing that we don't look at because we get to read a book is the years in between the yeah. things the waiting that had to come you know god could have given you a church at 23 yeah not 33 or yeah. you know yeah. so so why yeah why did all these things but you appreciate it so much more oh, you can be in the details so much more because it's it's something that's so close to your heart that now that you know that you're where you're supposed to be you are so uh, thankful yeah that you're not going to screw it up. You're not going <laughs> to squander it. You're not going to you're man. gonna hold it together yeah. with everything you got. And you have the trust of God that's saying, hey, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank yeah. you, God. Like, yeah. I literally walk into people one church and go, thank you, God, for yeah. this place. Yeah. Man. Because last, you know, like you said, last week was a total breakthrough, but I could feel it. Mm. I could feel it walking in. Like, I, I felt different walking wow. through those doors. And I did it twice last wow. week. And it just felt like something comes over you but the gratitude that i feel because i know that we've been, that it's been a journey with god yeah and the things that i wanted god's waited on me yes to teach me things and to learn me things to, to have me learn things but also so that i would feel a sense of gratitude yeah every right. time i every, when i'm walking in it and there's so many things you talk like your relationship and your marriage and your this and your you know your kids the amount of gratitude You feel for all that Has come from that waiting Yeah
0: Right It's that gestation period oh, yeah. That I talk mm-hmm. about man Like When a baby's in a womb it mm-hmm. ta- There's a period of gestation period mm-hmm. And by the time That nine months Reaches full term Once that baby comes out There's an appreciation Because you're like This was built This wasn't Just necessarily given You mm-hmm. know And I think yeah. that That's like God knows what he's doing It's like There's a gestation period For a baby There's a gestation period For a ministry mm-hmm. You know And you, you have to let it Run its course like. Yeah. Yeah. and not shortcut it because yeah right I, I do think like if you know easy come easy go oh yeah it's like man if mm-hmm. it would have just been given yes. I would have squandered it but it's like man it's so sweet yeah and and I think like why you know why why does salvation taste why does grace and salvation taste so sweet to the lowest sinner mm-hmm. it's because they know like this this is what I need the most yes and what I deserve the least right and mm-hmm. when you get that in that cross-section mm-hmm. and this is what I need the most but it's what I deserve the least yeah. you become a candidate for a miracle and for the grace of God, and like for me, I mean it's yeah. I, and you know, I I heard this other minister say this. He's like, as his ministry grows, so does his insecurity mm-hmm. because he's like, I become more and more aware how how um, incapable I am to yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. And there's that certain amount of humility, mm-hmm. like that God. We, we'd like to think that we would stand in front of the Red Sea and command it to open but that's the floodlight looking backwards. Right, right, Like right. you only would have had a lamp, a foot lamp like Moses right. did. You would have only been able to see a wave in front of you right. of water not not the whole thing parted and, and like you know I think that, like I was saying last week, we go through these things for other people, and that's yes. our way of paying it forward for humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, because in this era, like, yeah, yeah, David hits when you read scripture, but Ivan hits harder because no, wow. we get to watch him mm-hmm. go through it. Yep. You know we get to watch him do it like Mm -hmm. that living example is always going to hit harder than the one on the pages Mm -hmm. you know and that's why we're here now like and God knew like Mm -hmm. he was like I'm waiting until 1980 something Mm -hmm. you know or whatever it is and I'm dropping this guy in this era for this people and that's what I see happening right now in this region when you have the right people in the right place at the right time yeah that's when you can start something and something's happening in our midst that like that's why i said earlier like i feel like we got to document the journey oh yeah 10% <laughs> something the right people in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. that's the only explanation man and that's so amazing about god you know how god is you know I, I was thinking
1: about it as you were saying it like being that example our god is a trophy god yeah like our god like he he likes to have trophies like these people like saying okay look at mike Look at Ivan. Like these guys were discouraged. they were these guys were discouraged. They didn't know what they were gonna do. They were gonna hang it all up. they're so they're so serious about everything that they were that they were pushing people away. They were hurting people. They were this, they were that. They were ruining their relationships they were going to hang it all up and not do anything and, you know, run off and just kind of do whatever. But look at how they've turned around. Yeah. Look, yeah. At, look at how, look at what they're doing now. Look at the strength that they're giving people because they've had so many deep insecurities yeah. and have so many deep insecurities. But now because they trust me, they can put, a, they can shine a light on other people. Yes. And God can literally hold you up as a trophy and say, hey, this person was supposed to be like this, but nevertheless, wow, they on. were they, they turned out a different way because yeah. they trusted me. Yeah. Because they, because they chose to be a part of my story, yes. not fight for their
0: own. Come on, man. The sermon title of that would be From Trash to Trophies.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, like, just shy of an hour. Yeah. I'll wrap it up on this. I'm leaving it all, like, unedited. Oh my If God. you guys listen to this and you are annoyed by the cappuccino machine or the other stuff in the background, you would hate hanging out with us here at Norma's <laughs> because this is, like, unadulterated. No sound effects. Yeah, you're just having coffee. Just with having us. coffee with us. Yeah. But thanks for sticking around um, I'll say it on the end here uh, What is it? Leave a review Give mm-hmm. us five stars Get yeah. this thing moving Share yeah. it with your friends Drop a comment Wherever you found this On social media And we'll talk to you guys Next Thursday Or whenever this drops Yeah Thursdays at Norma's Thursdays We're at probably Norma's We shouldn't say it We'll get mobbed eventually um, <laughs> No Come mob us This will be fun Alright guys